Yeah, fucking all right, man. How are you? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 6th of February, 2024. Yep. That's who you are, and that's who I am. And that's where we are, and that's what we're doing. <laughs> Good stuff, man. I'm uh, just chilling on the day after my birthday. I'm relaxing. I had a long day at work yesterday, man. Oh, you know what I'm going to do right fucking now? Light a candle. Oh, how nice. Come on. I've lit a candle. It's, um, this is the candle. Urban Gardener smells like cancelling plans because you have plants tonight. Smells like floral, green moss. Fuck, that's pretty funny, isn't it? So they've got, smells like cancelling plans because you have plants tonight or plants, whatever. That doesn't even make sense. But that's the fun, like, hey, it's silly, you know, we're a cool candle. But then underneath it, they're like, all right, if you actually want to know what it smells like, you know, like beyond that bullshit marketing or fucking trying to be cool stuff. All right, it smells like floral and green moss. (laughs) It's like... You know what it is. It's like whoever this made this candle, their girlfriend was like, I want to write the description. I know it's like I have a really fun description to write. And they were like, all right. And she was like, I think it smells like canceling plans because you have plants tonight. Because that rhymes. And it's like, because you are like a plant mama. <laughs> And the person whose candle it was was like, oh, I mean, and they're like, you don't like it. You don't like it. You don't like it. And they're like, no, I do. I like it. I like it. We'll put it. We'll put it. And then, and then for the boring people, we'll put something else underneath if people are boring. (laughs) Because smells like floral green and comma green moss is in smaller writing. I mean, it's also not... It's To be honest, both of these people are stupid. That's why they're in a relationship together. Because the smells like floral, comma, green moss, like that's also not very descriptive or helpful. It's more helpful than smells like cancelling plants because you have plants tonight. Or plants. These people aren't from Adelaide. Of course these people aren't from Adelaide. They're too fucking stupid. Yeah, they are working together. That's why they're a team. That's why ultimately, you know, they do love each other. But fuck, man. And like Urban Gardener is in lowercase. And then the, you know what? Maybe I do like that. Urban Gardener is in lowercase. That's the title. It's in bold. And then Smells Like Cancelling Plants, because you have plants tonight, is in all caps. And the Smells Like Floral Green Moss is in caps. And then soy fruit. All right, I've talked about this candle enough. It smells good. Doesn't smell like cancelling plants. It smells like. It smells like. Like fucking um, like orange flower maybe. I don't know. All the stuff when people name flavors, it's bullshit. Hey, like 
when you when all the scientists in the lab make a new flavor of chips, they don't like grind up. You know, they're not like, oh, we're gonna make chips that taste like <coughs> that taste like cheese and onion. Quick, someone get me some cheese, and I'll mash these onions up into a dry powder, and then we'll sprinkle them on the chips. No, they just do like salt and like flavorings and stuff. Mix them together, put them on chips, and then some other person comes along and they have to figure out a name for the flavor that's going to sell well, that it kind of tastes like or reminds you of, or what? Isn't that crazy? Like, why do they start naming chips after poems? You know, when I was in London, oh, I wonder if I could find it. When I was in London, our coffee company. Um, had like competitions or something to write the descriptions of, um, of coffees, and I wrote a description that I thought was I wrote a bunch of descriptions that I thought were really funny, um, and I like worked hard on them, and then they were like, "Hey, we're actually going in another direction," and they named them something that I thought was really lame. Now. Can I find... You know what? I'm going to pause. I'm going to do something I've never done and pause the podcast while I search for something. Oh, my God. That was way quicker than I expected. I found it. <clears throat> okay. All right. So, they wanted me... And I haven't read these yet. Um... <laughs> okay. There were four coffees. Do I read all of them? I think the Dark Horse was my favorite. <laughs> These are going to be so bad. This is going to be embarrassing. Um, okay. I'll just read the whole email. Here it is. So Mark told me today about something in the manager's meeting today. Awful writing already today twice. Maybe I'm nervous because I, I put my heart and soul into these. About changing the descriptions on the front of the coffees. I thought it sounded like fun to write some new ones. So I went ahead and did that at the pub over a couple of mugs of chamomile tea and a veggie burger that I will just now go ahead and say was simply delightful. Fucking I've always been just a lunatic, haven't I? <laughs> Here are my unwarranted inputs. Have a nice day, guys. Someone out there loves you. Peace, Taco. That's, <laughs> that's me writing an email to the CEO. <laughs> I wrote that to the CEO of our company. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm 25 here. All right. And so there's there's four coffees. Um the, this one's called the Dark Horse. This is my description. To this is so these descriptions would go on the front of the coffee hoppers and people would look at them when they were trying to decide because there were like two options for coffees. So this is what people would look at when they would try and decide what coffees they want they wanted to drink all right the dark horse have you ever ridden a horse i haven't but i assume it'd be like dark berries sweet smelling yet sometimes sour or maybe it's like chocolate wind whooshing through your hair free whoa there tetris 
That's what I would have called my horse. Sweet, powerful Tetris. Where are you? Instead, I just have this coffee. <laughs> I mean, Tetris is a pretty sick name for a horse. I'm not going to lie. And I guess now that I remember, they gave us... They were like, these are the tasting notes currently. So I guess the tasting notes were dark berries and chocolate. <clears throat> Fucking... I actually don't hate that. It's not as outrageous as I thought. And I guess there was a word count. Anyway. All right. The next one is a Dardo dream. I reckon the first one was just like me putting down a marker. Like, hey, I reckon I can do this. Here's the second one. A Dardo dream. Here at Department of Coffee, we are against child labor. <laughs> That's funny. In fact, children aren't even allowed to touch this coffee. And trust us, they keep asking. Why, just the other day, I caught my boy sneaking glimpses at the roasted beans, smelling the peach and apricot aroma. I had to set him straight. I knew the rich toffee and cocoa bitterness that follows the alluring fruity opening would scramble his brain. Children's youthful synapses are not ready for such extravagances. That's funny. <laughs> that is actually funny, and I like it. You know what? I've always been smart and funny and cool and hot. <laughs> The next one, Santiago's Retreat. Wild. The first one is just wild with an exclamation mark. That's funny. Wild. Rich and soaring notes of luscious berries and the climbing spirit of deepest port wines weave themselves through this confoundingly beautiful coffee, which has been imbued paradoxically with the twin essences of shortbread and also chocolate. So sweet, so pure is the journey and so subtle that... Wait, 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 wait. What? Ugh. Sorry, it's really good, okay? That's pretty funny too. Yep, I'm digging... You know what? 25-year-old me, I'm liking... I'm picking up what you're putting down. Here's the last one. La Illusion is the name of this coffee. This might be my... This might just be my favorite coffee. It's so hard to pin down. One day it's almost sweet with acidity. The next, it's rich and dark. Next week, bright like a lit room. It darts one way and skips another. Saucy little minx. Tee I can never quite catch it. And why should I want to? I just love it, okay? That's all. And who am I? None of your business. That's also funny. These are funny. They didn't end up using them. I remember they didn't end up using them and they got some other fucking nerd to write them. And you know what? Before reading them, I would have been like, hey, that's all right. I, the things that I wrote were probably dumb. You know what? The things that I wrote were fucking sick. And I'm still, I'm aggrieved. All right. Well, anyway, what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that marketing people, when they come up with the names of flavors, those names don't necessarily have any bearing on the actual flavors of the thing. And if anything, they suggest flavors. And you know what? Upon reflection, maybe that's why my things there weren't selected because I wasn't necessarily trying to sell coffee. In fact, what I had written was like a bit ironic because I don't really believe that coffee has... You know, I wasn't trying to write something that was adding to the flavor of the coffee. I was just trying to make people laugh and think that I was funny. And then every time someone came in and laughed at it, I would have been like, I wrote that. 
Hey, you know that thing that you're reading that you laughed at? I, I wrote that. What do you think? It's pretty funny. Hey, do you want to laugh again? Now that you know that it was me, do you want to tell me anything nice? Ay, 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 ay. Anyway, oh, do I have anything else to say about that? I wasn't trying to write something. I wasn't writing. I just, I guess I had a, a, a bit of a cynical view of it. Because it is, it's a cynical exercise to write something... I don't know. I guess you're trying to aid people's appreciation of the thing, but I just don't really appreciate food in that way that much. If I like it, I'm like, it's really good. I, it's great. You should have it. Whereas I guess someone who names a food, a flavor of chip, they're probably really trying to appreciate it on a deeper level. I don't know. Ah, shut up. It was my birthday yesterday. <laughs> It was my birthday. I'm 33, man. How about it? You know? 33, 33. That's the age that describes me. (laughs) And when you tell me that I'm not old enough to fuck... I'll say, hey, that's impossible. I've been doing it for years, or maybe not in the best manner. I don't know what that was. I've I'm, I've no idea what that was. Maybe that's some thirty three shit. Maybe I'm on some new shit now that I'm thirty three. I had a wonderful birthday yesterday. Thank you to everyone who responded to my desperate cries for attention on Instagram in the morning. I, uh, I, t- I forgot to take work off, so I was driving the bus yesterday, and you know what? It was awesome. I had a great time. Everyone was lovely. I told them at the start of the day that, um, that it was my birthday. I was like did the safety thing once I picked everyone up. I was like, all right, guys, you know, I'm here and we're going to have a great day and it's all good. We're going down the Great Ocean Road and it's my birthday today. So how about that? (coughs) You know, I was like, oh, and then that's right. And then they started singing me happy birthday. This weird thing, let me tell you this fucking weird shit that happened on the tour yesterday. So we do all the pickups from all hotels in the city. So there's like, you know, Space Hotel, the Grand Chancellor, the Savoy, um, the Adena Apartments. And then the last one is we go to uh, the Immigration Centre. Because if anyone's not staying at some of those or near some of those, like I think the system just, they put their address in where they're staying and then it sends them to like the nearest hotel. But if they're not near any of those, my understanding is they get sent to immigration, which is funny now that I say it. <laughs> if, if we don't know where you're from, then you got to go through immigration. All right? <clears throat> the tea's great, by the way. I've been sipping tea. The tea's good. The candle... I think it smells like orange blossom. I think that's what it is. They should rename it Orange Blossom. And the bottom text should say, smells like orange blossom. And then underneath it, it should say, yeah, that's right. Fucking orange blossom. (laughs) It needs to be more swearing in these. 
Why do people not name their product? Why are people so fucking scared of swearing? Swearing is so good. See, there's my... <laughs> I didn't say swearing smells like cinnamon biscuits or grandma. No, I just said it's fucking good. Give it a crack, cunt. <laughs> it is though, man. People are scared and I don't know why. You know, I was... What was it? Um... There's a thing that happened in football recently. So this guy, Mason Greenwood, um, straight up raped a woman. I mean, allegedly, because it's not proven in court yet. But there's fucking audio footage of him going, hold your legs up. I don't care what you want. It's far. It's horrific. Literally, it's, it's so horrific. And I think the trial only got thrown out because of some technical reason or whatever. There's like audio of him, like you can hear him saying, I don't care what you want. You know, like it's awful. Anyway, um, he was playing at Manchester United and they, after great public pressure, they clearly didn't want to, but they they dropped him as a player. They said he won't, he won't play for us again. And he came through their academy and is a very good footballer, whatever. And it's just a massive indictment on football generally and the morality of football and the fact that these clubs and institutions care so much about money that they're willing to overlook some, like, uh, you know, an actual fucking rape to be like, yeah, but he's really good at football. Anyway, he doesn't play for him anymore. <clears throat> and he got signed by Getafe, a Spanish team, on loan. And that was crazy because everyone's like, you're really going to let this guy play for you? And they're like, yeah, man, that he's done nothing wrong. It's not been proven. It's all, it's fucked, right? So this other English footballer, Mason Greenwood's English, another English footballer, Jude Bellingham, who is probably the best, you know, easy top five in the world right now, maybe the best, and he's so young, he's like 21, and he's just incredible. He might have been, might have been like 19 or 20. And he plays for Real Madrid, and last week, Real Madrid played Getafe, and there was... Uh, a, um, Bellingham did a tackle on Greenwood, and then... He wins the ball and then he gets up and you can see him like kind of over his shoulder spitting out the word and it looks like he's saying rapist and you know f full of dignity as they already are Getafe have complained about that <laughs> and I guess their line as a club is like we don't think that he did it that has to be but it's like the, the fucking audio is there, man. It's so... Whatever. And, you know, the... Oh, I think that he did it. I'm of the opinion that he did it. But that's not important. Anyway, it looks like Bellingham is saying, you know, like he tackles him and then he's like, you're a fucking rapist. But now they're saying that he might have said rubbish because you can't hear it. You can just see his lips move. And it's a big story and, the, you know, Getafe have complained to the Spanish Football Association and they've got a lip reader in to try and prove conclusively what he said, which is also just like, how can you say conclusively, you know, the lip reader proves conclusively that he said that. There's no way. There's no way you can... It's just ridiculous. It's such a farce, right? But all these news stories have come up and I tried to look up the footage of the tackle because I wanted to see it. And on YouTube, it's all of these shitty YouTube clickbait things where they're like, rather than they don't have the rights to the footage, so they just show a bunch of stills with like a robot voice or some fucking guy going like, 
Mason Greenwood has been accused of blah, 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 whatever. But any time, <clears throat> the thing that's ridiculous about this whole thing is any time, the story revolves around the word rape and rapist, right? <clears throat> but these news aggregators on YouTube don't want to fall foul of the algorithm, which they believe doesn't like swearing or, or you know, cursing or offensive words or slurs or whatever, of which rape is considered one. So they say that all of these, all of these fucking news stories say uh, Jude Bellingham has been accused of calling Mason Greenwood a asterisk asterisk asterisk. <laughs> because they can't write the word that he said. <laughs> And so it's like the story is completely meaningless without the word. And they've all done it. I don't even know. Maybe these videos are created by algorithms or something, but it's just so funny. It's just the absurdity of this. It's like you can't tell this story without saying the word that it says. And here are all these news aggregators trying to report the story, not even because they care about the story, obviously, cynically, just because they want the clicks of the story. And they can't even say it because they won't let themselves say the word rapist because they don't want to fall foul of this fucking algorithm that they all pray to. Oh, you know what? I'm doing an open mic tonight. Maybe I'll try and tell this story. That's a pretty funny story, isn't it? Uh, Mason Greenwood Rapist Comedy And then I'll just put comedy Question mark <laughs> Yeah that's good um, The point is Sometimes you need to fucking swear Sometimes it's actually important To say a word oh, Why are you angry Adam Why, why am I angry what am I actually angry about? Who fucking knows? Whatever. Anyway, I think you should be allowed to swear. That's where I was. Oh, I've got a little fucking goop in my nose. Bleh. So this guy gets on the bus and I'm up there. Um, oh, no, that's right. All right, all right, all right. So I pick everyone up. I go to immigration. That's right. Everyone's immigration. All the people that you don't know, they go to immigration. All the fucking scum. <laughs> so I picked the last of the people up from immigration There's not a lot of people on the bus I had 13 I think And uh, Quiet days tour And then when I get them all on the bus Because I've already been working since You know Quarter past 6 I think I left the depot at 6.30 And at this point it's now 7.30, 7 7.45 Something like that And I've got a two hour drive ahead of me And in my experience If I don't pee before that two-hour drive, then by the end of the two-hour drive, I really need to pee. And it's uncomfortable for the last half an hour. I'm just like squirming in my chair because I'm fucking about to piss myself. So there's a public toilet near the immigration museum. So I get everyone in the bus and then I go, hey guys, I'll be back in a second. And I just run across the road and use the bathroom and I come back. Now, before I ran across the road, I had noticed, because there are sometimes other people, because I'm not the only bus that comes by. We have other buses that come by and sometimes there are groups of people waiting there who haven't had their, like it's not their, um, their bus hasn't arrived yet. And there's one guy kind of standing there, but he looks kind of dodgy. He's maybe 35, 40 years old, black hoodie, black trackies, 
just looks a bit dodged, kind of dirty, maybe not homeless or whatever, but like he just doesn't look, I don't know. I just got a vibe, a bit of a bit of a dodge vibe off him. And uh, I was like, are you here, Great Ocean Road? He's like, no, I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know. He just was very vague. But I was like, whatever, that guy's just that guy. And then I go into the toilets and I do my my shameful business. And then I come back, I get on the bus, I give them all the talk. I'm like, it's my birthday. They all start singing. That's nice. And uh, they didn't finish the song, to be honest. They did, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. And then I started dancing and they didn't do the next line. And they might have not done the next line because they didn't know my name, which is fair. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows why they didn't do the next line? It didn't ruin my birthday. I, w- I won't let that be the case. But it did embarrass me you know, briefly when I'd started dancing and they didn't keep singing. <coughs> so I jump in the driver's seat <coughs> and we drive two hours to Colac. And when we get to Colac, I'm like, all right, everyone, first stop, you know, fucking morning tea, get a coffee. There's a bakery, there's a cafe. And everyone gets out and then there's one more person on the bus. And who is it? It's fucking black hoodie, black trackies, dodgy guy from on the street who's not on my list, who hasn't bought a ticket. He's not on the tour. And I, he's just gotten on the bus. He just got on the bus in immigration. And I saw him and I was like, oh, oh, hey, oh, man. And I was kind of panicked because I was like, is this guy going to fucking come at me or like, you know, and now it's just me and him in the bus together. And I was like, man, you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> that was all I came out with, which is like very panicked. You know, I was very just like scrambling for, I was like, you're not supposed to be here. And he kind of walked towards me and he was just like, yeah, whatever. I don't know. And I was like, Hey man, is everything okay? You Are you all good? And he was just, gave me a bit of attitude. was just like, yeah, man. Yeah, it was fine. And I was like, okay. And he walked off the bus. He grabbed his bag and walked off the bus. And I really didn't know what was going to happen. Like, has he just gone for a break with everyone else? But he knows now that I know that he's not supposed to be on the bus. So, like, maybe he won't come back. Um, I went and got my breakfast and or my lunch or whatever. And... uh, when people started to slowly trickle back to the bus, I was like, hey, you know that guy who was there on that in that seat? Yeah, he didn't have a ticket. And they were like, people were like, yeah, we kind of thought he was a bit dodgy. Hey, like, <clears throat> we were kind of thinking that he wasn't supposed to be on the tour. Someone was like, yeah, he came on when you went away. Like, he came on the bus and just sat down. And, and so we were all like, yeah, we were kind of in agreement. And we were like, they were like, what are you going to do if he comes back? I'm, I was like, well, because I, I called the office as well. And I was like, hey, this has happened. And they were like, well, if he comes back, you got to tell him that, sorry, you, you can't come back on the bus. And you're just, the thing is, like, he's just in Colac now. It's like 150 Ks out of Melbourne. It's a two hour bus direct. And, you know, like, like, what did he think? All I can think is, the, sorry, the end of the story is he didn't come back and we left without him and we all cheered, 
you know, as we drove off, I was just like, that's it. We're, we're leaving and we're one passenger lighter. And everyone was like, yeah. Because he was fucking weird and, you know, it was just not a good vibe at all. But um, why did he do that? Why did he do that? I saw him when I went to get my coffee. I walked around the corner and he was on the street. He had a cigarette in his mouth. And uh, he went up to a guy in a high vis and was just talking to him. And it looked like maybe he was asking for money. I don't know. And you know when you see people in places or like when you get asked for money, when someone's like, man, I'm, I just need like 15 bucks to get the train back. You know, sometimes that's the line. And you're always like, man, how did you get here? Like how... Or you just want to know what the story is. What what what's the train? Why did you need to get the train back from here? Did you have business in this place or something? Or you know, a fucking I don't know what you do all day, but like you're here and now you get over there. What's that about? And this experience yesterday has made me think like, yeah, maybe the reason they need money <laughs> to get a train back to wherever the fuck they were is because they were in the one place and then they just got on a bus. <laughs> like he just got on my bus. I guess he's like, haha, sucked in that fucking guy driving the bus. You know, I made it all the way to Colac and he didn't even make me pay. And it's like, yeah, man, now you're just stuck in Colac. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? I mean, the guy was just too fucking old to be doing weird shit like that. That's funny if you're like 21. I was talking to my housemate yesterday when I got home about like, is there a situation where I just let that guy stay on the bus? Because I reckon, because there's free seats on the bus and like, you know, like the office never check or whatever. And as long as the other customers don't know that I'm letting someone ride for free, I reckon if he was like to me, I, I don't know. I don't know what he would have to say. Like, because, you know, like I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone or do something that's going to make me lose my job. But I just, I feel like there is a world where he says the right thing or is the right kind of like, you know, hey man, it's just cool, right? Like it's pretty funny that I got on this for free and like whatever and I'm cool, you know? Like at some point I'd probably just be like, yeah man, you seem cool, stay on the bus, whatever, like be my friend. <laughs> we'll just We'll just be mates. You know, if everyone on the bus liked him, I just, I feel like there's some world where I could be like, hey man, yeah, just stay on the bus. But it definitely wasn't the world where you're a creepy guy and you just get on the bus and sit down. The funny thing is he left his sunny, someone was like, well, he left his sunglasses on the bus and um, we were all joking about like, you know, I was like, maybe I'll do a quiz later and the winner gets to keep the sunnies. And then they were like, maybe it's your birthday present, man. Maybe he left you a present. And then I just picked them up at some point and put them at the front of the bus. And long story short, I have them in my house now. They're just my... <laughs> I have these are my sonnies. Because I put them at the front of the bus and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with these. And then at the end of the day, they were still there. And I was like, I don't want to throw them out. So I put them in my bag. And now they're at home. And now they're mine. So thank you, weird man, for getting on my bus. 
And now I have some sunglasses. And that was the only thing that anyone got me for my birthday. Oh, I'm really excited for my party. I'm having a party, not this weekend coming, but next weekend. I'm having a bunch of friends round. It's probably a bunch of you guys are invited to the party. If you're not, if you haven't seen an invite, but you're in Melbourne and you listen to this podcast, honestly, just hit me up, man. You can totally come. I would love for you to come. If you're one of the, I think last week we had like 80 something listeners. Yeah, you can come to the fucking party. <laughs> I got a, I got a friend who's teed up a couple other musicians. They're going to play jazz in the backyard. This has been coming for like a year. A year. Oh, I'm really excited about that. So yeah, it's going to be good, man. It's going to be good. Um, A little note from last week's podcast. Someone has written in and said, did you sell the puzzle? Now, I guess I got caught up in telling that story last week. So I need to add that I did not sell the puzzle at the fucking garage sale. I have this puzzle sitting on my dresser now and I don't know what to do with it. Do I give it to uh, like a, a, the salvos or whatever across the road from my house? I just want someone to fucking get it and take it and do it and have, look on the back, you know? Ah, maybe I I should even write on the bottom like a secret message puzzle. Maybe I'll write on the reverse, give like an extra clue. This puzzle contains a secret message. Yeah, and then I could just tape it shut and leave it somewhere. I don't know. I don't know what to do with it. I can't, I don't know, I fucking know. Maybe I give it... The thing is, right, if I give it to like, if I go on, there's probably like Facebook groups of people who do puzzles, but I just, I feel like none of them are beautiful women. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the kind of composition, you know, um, uh, what's the word? Um, what's the word? Demographic. Yeah, I don't know what kind of composition demographically those puzzle pages have. Anyway, who gives a fuck? I didn't sell the puzzle. And now I have it in my room. And any suggestions as to what I should do with it would be desperately welcomed at this point. Um, I got another email from my grandpa that I would like to read. Um, I wonder how long this is going to take. I just... It's kind of long. There's just a couple of parts in here that I thought were really wonderful. Talking about the history of places. Alright. I'll just read sections of it that I can find that might be relevant. To find the secrets... Uh, as uh, as he he says, uh, he opens high eight and the cello is quite a challenge and I've never been this old before and tried to play a musical instrument. I've just about got to where I was 26 years ago and have good days and bad days. As an acute divergent lateral thinker, I've been sorting out some thoughts. To find the secrets, one has to live for a long time, have an inquiring mind and have a long time association with a particular area with a need to learn more. 
Lena and I have lived at, uh, Lena and I lived at Lucendale for 52 years and that was not long enough to learn the secrets of that place. I am referring to family stories of colonization. A thought I did have was that perhaps the most racist people in the community had forebears who were the cruelest. I have a book here, Through the Eyes of Goido, Master Planner. It is a report to slash by government in 1864-65 assessing 76 pastoral runs in the southeast of South Australia. That book by a Panola Writers Group written in 2007 from Goida's notes doesn't mention Aborigines. Okay. Yeah. So this is that book. Doesn't mention Aborigines. Not in his notes and the fact that was not commented on by these writers. I had that on my mind when I found the first link and trove sent in my last letter. Uh, when one of the men with Goida, after realizing that hardly any Aborigines had been seen on, a quiet, on inquiring locally, was told, don't ask silly questions. So he, I read some of the links that he sent me and they're, they're <coughs> um, articles from old newspapers from the 1800s uh, that people had written just about the area, about the southeast and the history and stuff that he kind of refers to. So yeah, someone had someone had asked where are the Aborigines and the locals said don't ask silly questions. Wild. Referring to the tale told by my older cousin whose mother's family were living north of Robe in the late eighteen hundreds, research needed, knew some of the secrets. Uh, whose mother's family lived there in the eighteen hundreds, they knew some of the secrets, right? I was almost eighty years old when I heard the story that when the Chinese gold seekers disembarked at Robe about 15,000 in 1857. So Chinese uh, workers were coming to the gold fields for the gold rush around Ballarat and, and Bendigo in central Victoria in the 1850s and 60s. And there were 15,000 of them d- disembarked at Robe in 1857. Wild. So when they disembarked, extra police were sent to Robe to control, he's put that in, in excla- in, sorry, in quotation marks, extra police were sent to Robe to control them and to get them on their way to Ballarat. When there were no Chinese in Robe, these police would put on their civvies, <coughs> in brackets, clothes, and go out on expeditions to shoot Aborigines. This was going on in other places in Australia at the time, at the time brackets, research it. The Mount Benson area would have been safe through intermarriage, but south of Robe, all the way down to the Victorian border, could and would have suffered. So this is where it was happening. Apparently, there was a lot of there was a lot of police going down on expeditions to shoot Aboriginal people from the south of Robe to the Victorian border, which is a long stretch. It's a few hundred k's. All along the coast, there are huge middens, great mounds of discarded shellfish. And large and small lakes with abundant ducks and associated food sources reflecting a high population. As in that there were a lot of Aboriginal people there. Because <coughs> these these um, these mounds of discarded shellfish wouldn't have been from nothing. They would have been from Indigenous people. Okay. I can remember my dad after he came home from New Guinea. He must have asked his father-in-law if he could build a house just west of Karata blocks which Lena and I bought in 1974 and sold in 1983 to pay for Naldera Street, which is the house that I grew up in, in Adelaide. I remember corner pegs with string lines and trenches for foundations and apparently his brother-in-law, Uncle Frank Tonkin, 1900 to 1975, came up and asked him what he thought he was doing and Dad said, building a house. And Uncle Frank said, piss off, this is Tonkin country. Dad desisted. 
He bought a block way up the other end of town, which was called The Station. I think he took out a war service loan for $1,300. Getting back to needing to live in the one area for a long time before learning the secrets. Your great-grandmother was a Tonkin whose parents bought Karata in 1925. That was just a few years after her aunt Kath married Jack Lee of the Hermitage, 8K south of Robe. So, all right, just to get to that, um, my great-grandmother was a Tonkin. So the Tonkins were another side of the family that my grandpa, you know, came from. So his mum was a Tonkin and the Tonkins told uh, the Tonkins. So like his mum's brother told um, my grandpa's dad not to build a house here because that's Tonkin country. So they built it on the other side of the town. And um, Karada was a house that was in Robe. It was a big house in Robe that uh, was still in the family where my mum was a little girl. And it was, it fell out of the family because the people who owned it at the time had one daughter and she died when she was 16 in a car crash. And so when they got old, they had no one to pay for their medical bills. And so they sold it to pay for their medical bills because they were old. Um, it's just like a, I guess it's a kind of a story in our family, Karata House. Anyway, because my mum went to Robe as a 13-year-old and married a non-local, I can see that they were outsiders. I had never thought of this till now. When dad built his house, I was four years old. There were only two other houses on that side of, on that side of the hill from Robe. And we had the whole area south of Robe as our own playground. Perhaps in the minds of older locals, that represented the coastal strip with its associated lakes and scrub all the way further south where the police did their nasty deeds. I'm going to go again on that. Perhaps in the minds... When Dad built his house, I was four years old. There were only two other houses on that side of the hill from Robe and we had the whole area of south, south of Robe as our own playground. Perhaps in the minds of older locals, that represented the coastal strip with its associated lakes and scrub all the way further south where the police did their nasty deeds. So if that went on in 1857, we had come forward 90 years and we didn't know perhaps the locals who were discussed with those goings on treated our playground as a sacred area. So if that went on in 1857, we had come forward 90 years from when those expeditions had happened 1857 to 1940s and we didn't know perhaps the locals who were discussed with those goings on treated our playground as a sacred area but we were newcomers and maybe they thought it was time to move on isn't that just exactly how like that's the mechanism right there <clears throat> for how in this country we don't talk about the past we don't talk about the things that had happened that have happened during colonialization and settlement and even up until now it's not out of meanness or spite there is anger there definitely the don't ask stupid questions thing but it's also just like it's like, you know, there's kids playing on this thing and you know that in that area, that's where all these Aboriginal people were shot by police almost 100 years ago. And they think of it like that. They're like, that's where they used to go to shoot Aboriginals and that's why there's not many houses there. 
and then you see someone building a house there and his kids are playing there and you're like, I could tell them, but what's that going to do? So I just won't tell them. And then those stories get lost, not because anyone's trying to hide them, but just because they're uncomfortable. They're difficult to talk about and you don't want to make trouble for people. But then also you're not making trouble for people by telling those stories. You're you're keeping alive an acknowledgement of how this country came to be and why it is the way it is. And like, we need to know that stuff. We shot rabbits there before we had a license, drove before we were old enough to get a license, many chop picnics and loads of wood and many fishing expeditions. At times when there was low tide at sunrise, we had to be on the reef before sunup. Great memories. There had been an old bridle track between the Hermitage and Robe with offshoots to the sand drift where we had to park and walk perhaps two kilometres to the fishing spots. Now on reflection, few locals went there. Was that because we as newcomers didn't know the dark history of this area? South of the Hermitage to Nora Craner, there was a lot of duck shooting, rabbit shooting and trapping and fishing or perhaps reflective gathering of food possibly when thoughts of those who had sought sustenance in that area for millennia. A lot of duck shooting, rabbit shooting, trapping and fishing, or perhaps reflective gathering of food, possibly with thoughts of those who had sought sustenance in that area for millennia. Yeah, so basically like we used to trap and fish and shoot and hunt and all this stuff and there was a lot of food there and it makes sense because there were people here for millennia before that. And they probably got food there. And then the reason the locals didn't go there is because they knew that the police used to go down there and shoot Aboriginals and they were ashamed of that. Much of that area is now reserved as coastal reserve or national park, so it will remain undisturbed. I'll send further chapters explaining my findings in Trove, but it has taken a lifetime of reading and research before names, dates and places start to fall into place and the pictures come into focus. He's got another little link there and then he says, this is the end of the email henry jones built karata and he died in england an alcoholic and broke only 10 years after writing the letter cheers pap and the link that he sent was a letter by this guy henry jones basically saying we don't treat aboriginals very well in this country and we should um and we you know trap them and can't tell them to come to our stations and then you know whatever i don't it's just the guy who built karata house was a rich man in Australia, built this house and then eventually was like, hey, we don't treat the Aboriginal people in this country, we don't treat them very well. And he was saying that in the 1860s, 80s, something like that, the 1800s. And um, he died in England an alcoholic and broke 10 years after writing this letter as like a statesman. I don't know. It's interesting stuff. I don't really know. I don't really know where to go with this, but I'm still like, I, I wrote an email back to my grandpa. Maybe I'll read it next week or I'll read his reply or whatever. Um, but this is really interesting stuff and I'm enjoying finding out about it and I'm pulling at this thread. And I feel very lucky that I have my grandpa to talk to about this and that he has all these stories. I hope you guys are enjoying it too because I'm really enjoying this kind of direction in the podcast lately. Anyway... That's been the pod for this week. I'm going to see a friend, actually. I'm going to see this Indigenous woman who I met at work who is a tour guide. I'm going to go hang out with her today. We're going to yarn, I believe is what she called it. (laughs) It's just the language that she uses and so I'm reflecting it at her because I'm 
you know, uncomfortable culturally with the, <laughs> the differences in the way that we talk. She's like, do you want to have a yarn? And I'm like, oh, we're having a yarn. It's like, no, that's just how she says, let's hang out. <laughs> and I'm like, is this some kind of ceremony? <laughs> what a fuckhead. All right. Um, that's a podcast. Oh, happy birthday to me. 33 years old. Get fucked. All right. Um, thank you very, very much for listening, everyone. I hope you, I hope you had a good day on my birthday too. All right. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Oh, wait, no. What's the podcast called? But the podcast is called birthday and the photo is going to be fucking, uh, me standing in front of the, uh, truck yesterday, the, the bus that I took myself on a timer because no one was there to take the photo for me. And that felt sad. Anyway, bye.